Hi there, and welcome to another For Men Only segment. I'm Dr. Adam Bureau, and it's my privilege to share with you today. You know, in these segments, in these videos, we're trying to encourage men to be all that they can be, to seek their calling, to seek their purpose, to live to the maximum of their potential in God. And, you know, when I was thinking about that, of course, men from the Bible that inspire us come to mind. But one of the things I really want to drive home today is the importance of realizing that you've been called by God, that you've been placed in a position by God. Maybe you say called by God. I don't feel called by God. I just work a job. Um, I just go about my daily life, regardless of whether you feel called to ministry or you're doing a job. God has placed you at this time in your community, in your family, with the relationships you have to be a strategic person for the kingdom of God. And we, we need to recognize if God is the one who has put us in that position, that he is ultimately the one who is going to look after us and is going to bring us through whatever we're doing. So, you know, in a lot of these segments, we're challenging you to, you know, pull your bootstraps up and and keep marching forward to give it that extra effort to go that extra mile. But we need to remember in the midst of it that this is not something we do in our own strength. And as men, I think a lot of the times we become prideful, maybe even without wanting to be. And when we can't go forward anymore or we're frustrated or we feel like there's there's no way to advance in, in what God has put in our heart, then we just start to give up, we get depressed, we begin to look to things that gratify us in the moment, whatever that is, whether that's food, whether that's sex, whether that's pornography, whether that's, you know, it, may, it doesn't have to be sinful, right? Just things that get us distracted from really pushing forward for the purpose of God in our life because we just don't see the point anymore. So as I said, I was thinking about men in the Bible and I thought about David, of course, and David, you think about him, David, as a young, I'm going to say young man, really, we would maybe just consider him a boy, a teenager. He was anointed by God's prophet Samuel to be the king of Israel. But you probably already know that he didn't become king right away. Not only didn't he become king right away, he lived for a short period of time in the favor of the current king. And then the current king turned on him, not because of any wrong he did, actually because of the right things that he did. He, he was successful. He fought the king's battles. And the king at first thought this was great until he realized that people were liking David more than they were liking him. And he turned on him. So David, he lived a life on the run. He lived running from place to place. And we see him banding together with a bunch of people that by the world standards are losers, right? They're in debt. They got nowhere to run. They've got nobody to turn to. So they start gathering together and 400 people gathered around David. And God used all of this to prepare David to create a mighty band of warriors that would give freedom for Israel and, and create what God wanted to create in the world. But it sure didn't look like that at every step of the way. Even when David was first acknowledged as the king of Israel, he just got to be the king over one tribe, over his own tribe, the tribe of Judah. So we could say, well, that's almost like a step backwards because 
that's what the judges used to do, right? Maybe a, a judge here, somebody there to help out for the current enemy, the current problem. God was trying to place him as the king over Israel, and he knew it. So where was the fulfillment? Where was the the future that God had promised to him? If he just did it in his own power, he could have got frustrated. He could have got depressed. But David was such an interesting individual. And, you know, even once he became king, he ruled over all the 12 tribes of Israel. He he fought all of God's battles and defeated the enemies on every border and his kingdom was expanded. You'd think, wow, God is finally fulfilling his promises there. What happened? His son Absalom rose up against him and kicked him out of Jerusalem. And, you know, I find it interesting that when we turn to the Psalms, of course, you know, first and second Samuel, we can read the stories all about David. But when you turn to the Psalms, you get to read the story from David's perspective. It's an expression of his heart. What was he going through? And Psalm 3 is actually something that David wrote in that experience, in that that moment where my own family's turning on me and he's asking God to be his defender. But I'm just going to rewind to Psalm 2, which in Acts chapter 4, the apostles say that that was a psalm that David wrote as well. It's such a powerful, powerful psalm. And it says this. It says, Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed saying, let us burst their bonds apart and let us cast their cords from us. This is a time of rebellion that David is seeing in his lifetime. It's a time when people are rejecting the standard of God, when people are saying, we don't want to live God's way. We don't want to rule the nation's God's way. We want to live our way. We want to do things according to our own purposes and desires. But look at how David, what he understood about God's heart in the midst of all of this. Was God freaking out? Was God wringing his hands and trying to get people, you know, to smarten up? No, this is God's attitude in the midst of a chaotic time, a rebellious time. And David records this in Psalm 2 again. It says, He who sits in the heavens laughs, and the Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion in my holy hill. I will tell of the decree the Lord said to me, You are my son. Ask of me, and I will give the nations as your heritage and the ends of the earth for your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. I think this is such an amazing picture because first of all, we see a God who is confident, who is calm. And not only is he calm and in control, he finds it laughable. He's actually taking humor in the situation. He's saying, don't freak out about this, David. 
I know you have enemies. I know that maybe it doesn't look right now as your son Absalom has kicked you out of your palace and back out into the desert where Saul kept you for so many years. It might not look right now like I have anointed you as king over Israel, but I decree over you again, you are my son. And I just feel so strongly that there are many men out there that need to hear this. Maybe your life isn't turning out the way that you thought it would turn out, or maybe you started to pursue the purpose of God, the call of God in your life, but things, maybe they didn't go the way you thought they should go, or maybe they did for a while and things were looking good, but you had some setbacks and now you're wondering, was it all worth it? I spent those years, I spent that time, I spent that money. Maybe I should just do something else. God is saying, if you could see things from my perspective, it'd be a joke what you're really going through. You know, I'm standing here at a really cool spot I like to come to when I can, when I'm visiting my wife's family. We are overlooking the city of San Salvador right now. This is a city of approximately a million and a half people. I don't know about you. I, I know you were just looking over there as I was. Can you see any of those people? Can Are you worried about any of the little movements happening? There's, there's millions of people moving, going about their lives, doing good things, bad things. But from this perspective, it looks peaceful. It looks calm. There's a sense of order. There's a sense of goodness from this perspective. And we need to understand as men, as we begin to arise and take our position in God, that we can get, get so caught up in, you know, running around and trying to make it happen that we lose sight of the God who sits above it all, who's called us to this, the God who speaks over us. You're my son. I've called you. I've loved you. And no matter what's happening, you are going to be victorious in it. Now, listen to the last part of the psalm. It says, now, therefore, O kings, be wise, be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. That's quite the statement. Rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. For his wrath, for his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are those who take refuge in him. And I speak that to you today. Blessed are you if you seek the Lord, you rejoice with trembling. Remember I said that the church in the book of Acts chapter 4, they quote this very psalm and they say these are the words of David. And in what context did the Holy Spirit remind them of this psalm? They were just beaten. They were just silenced. They were just told, you shouldn't be doing this work that Jesus has called you to do. Shut up, sit down, cut it out, give it up already. This isn't what is needed for this generation. But I'm telling you today, like the Holy Spirit told them, it's worth going through a time of testing, a time of trouble, a time of, you know, where the world makes you question, what is my identity? What is my calling? Because it drives us back into the presence of God. And what did the apostles and the other disciples do? They quoted this word that David spoke in his circumstance. They applied it to their circumstance and they prayed a prayer that was so powerful that the place that they were was shaken. And it says that they were filled once again with the Holy Spirit. So I encourage you, man, today, whatever step of your life process you're in, 
don't give up. If you've been knocked down a couple rungs of the ladder and you don't feel like getting back up, get into the presence of God where he can lift you above what's going on and you can see that this is a joke in the long run. This is just a hiccup in the process. He's got your back. He loves you. You're his son and you are going to fulfill his purpose if you have faith and you're willing to be patient and you're going to give it all you've got. So God bless you today. I encourage you to, to continue to watch these four men only segments, share them, share them with your other guy friends that could be edified and built up. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good day.